And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors, and I'm also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can listen to every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody has had a wonderful weekend and also a great Cinco de Mayo, or as I like to call it, Cinco de Drinco. Not really a great holiday to have when you're quarantined in the house, but hey, Listen, we got to make the best of the situation that we come into, and hopefully this situation that you all find yourself in has been a great one. And appreciate, as always, all of you listening in and downloading and subscribing to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, even though there's not much uh, stuff going on in Razorback land. We're still having fun with it regardless. Um, so, you know, these themes that we have been doing for the podcast over the past few weeks, I think have been really fascinating, and it seems like most of you have been really intrigued by some of the things that we've discussed and looking back on certain times and looking forward to certain times. And, you know, that, that was something that was done on purpose by the Locked On Podcast Network. And I was really looking forward to this week, or at least this week's theme, which is the franchise what-ifs, or in this case, Razorback Program what-ifs. Now, if there has ever been a more talked-about a more answered question in Razorback sports than this question. I'd be hard-pressed to find it. I mean, seriously. The what-ifs of Razorback athletics go so far and so deep, I may spend two weeks on this topic because there are so many different elements and so many different what-ifs that could have really changed the program in a lot of different ways, of course, mostly positive. So bear with me if I don't exactly mention the one that you think of straight off. But I want to at least start with the one that I feel most strongly about. One that I have been talking about and one I've been saying for a very long time. Of course, some of you may not agree. Some of you may think I'm an idiot or think I'm wrong, but that's okay because, you know, sometimes I am. But this one, I don't believe I am. This one is something that I will fight Till the cows come home, I will die on this mountain. I don't care what anybody says. And it's a simple what if. What if Bobby Petrino was not fired in 2012? I mean, that to me, that's the, that's the easiest one to discuss. What if Bobby Petrino never got fired? Of course, we'd like to look back and say, hey, what if he never actually you know got on the motorcycle? What if he never got in a wreck? What if he never... Uh, had an inappropriate relationship with an employee. Let's just wipe all of that, okay? Let's not just talk about not getting fired. Let's just wipe the entire act. Let's just pretend that he did not have any sort of inappropriate relationships with anybody that worked with him. Fair enough? Fair enough. So let's look at it. What if Bobby Petrino was never fired in 2012? Well, first off, and more generally speaking, the Razorback football program would be light years different right now. And, you know, it's hard to say, you know, eight years after the fact, just how different it would be. I mean, how much better would it be? I think it's easy because it can't get any much worse than what it is now. But here's my whole theory behind it all. First off, in 2012, if Bobby Petrino was a coach of that team instead of John L. Smith, that team wins 10 games. I still believe that. Some of you got into arguments with me about it, but... That team was loaded. You had Tyler Wilson as a redshirt senior, best quarterback in the SEC at that time. 
You had Niall Davis and Dennis Johnson both at 100% health. You had Travis Swanson, which was an All-American center, one of the best centers in the country. Alvin Bailey, an NFL caliber offensive lineman. You had Chris Gragg at tight end, an NFL tight end. You had Kobe Hamilton. You would add Markwell Wade. You had Mikhail McKay, all as your wide receivers. Defensively, you had Trey Flowers and Chris Smith and Darius Phylon. You also had some really key players. Like I know an Alan Turner is somebody that people forget, but he was a really good defensive captain. You still have him. You still have Tevin Mitchell. You still had Darius Winston on that team. You still had a few good pieces there. And when you look back on that schedule in the SEC, Alabama and Texas A&M are the only games I see Arkansas losing because you would have lost to Johnny Manziel down in uh, College Station because it was a great team that he had and a great season that he had. It really started in that game. You would have lost to them no matter what. And you would have lost to Bama no matter what. Bama was just a machine that year. But when I'm looking at all the other games, I mean, think about it. You beat Kentucky and Auburn anyways. <laughs> like, John L. Smith beat those guys, so those are easy wins. You would have beaten Rutgers and Missouri State. I can guarantee you that. Those games don't have, or excuse me, Louisiana Monroe. Huh, always get them mixed up. Louisiana Monroe, you would have won easily. You would have beaten Rutgers easily. So look at some other games. Ole Miss, oh yeah, you win that one. Ole Miss was not good. Mississippi State, for sure, you win that game. They weren't that good. All right, so what's the problem then? Where, where, where's, where's it coming into? Is that the end of the season against LSU? You only lost by a touchdown in Fayetteville. You were 4-7 and seven at the time. You only lost by a touchdown to LSU. You would have won that game if Bobby Petrino was coaching. I mean, it just to me, it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. You would have beaten South Carolina. I know they were a good team, but I still think you would have beaten them. Maybe a tough game. Maybe not. Who knows? But I still like your chances. The point is, is that that year, you would have won 10 games. Call it 10 wins with the bowl victory. Fine. But 9-3 and three regular season at worst isn't too crazy to say. So that set the standard. But what about when all those star-studded players leave, those seniors? Well, think about it. In 2013, you introduced Brandon Allen who I believe Brandon Allen under Bobby Petrino would have flourished, absolutely been awesome at quarterback, right? I mean, it makes all the sense in the world because it was all going to be hinging on Brandon Allen being your next guy. And that's what we'll talk about after this. What about 2013? Moving on. What would it have been like with Brandon Allen and Bobby Petrino leading the team in 2013? Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so let's look at 2013, huh? <clears throat> Shall we? Brett Bielma's first year. In this case, Bobby Petrino still would have been coach coming off of a fantastic 10-win season. And now he's got to replace a lot of big-time pieces. He's got to replace Dennis Johnson and Niall Davis and Tyler Wilson and Kobe Hamilton and Chris Gregg and, and all of those guys. Very important. But you insert Brandon Allen, who's now your quarterback. I still believe, people disagree, but I still believe you would have gotten Hunter Henry. Hunter, Some people have said, well, Hunter Henry stated he wouldn't have gone to Arkansas if Petrino was the coach. I don't know, maybe. Things can change a lot, though, especially with the success of him. 
But I think Hunter Henry would have come to Arkansas no matter what. So you have him. Then at running back, you got Jonathan Williams. Pretty good. Very good player. He's going to be your star-studded running back. Also throwing a Corliss Marshall. And on, you know, I know he had his behavior issues, but a really good running back. Wide receivers, you're all the same except for Kobe Hamilton. You still got Mikhail McKay. Still got Markwell Wade. You got Javante Herndon, who was an NFL wide receiver. People forget that, but he was a really good player. And on offensive line, you still got Travis Swanson. You still probably have Alvin Bailey, who stays another year. You got some good pieces. Still got Trey Flowers. Still got Darius Phylon. Still got, or I guess you don't have Chris Smith anymore. But you still have some other pieces there on the defensive line. You got Brooks Ellis. You got, uh, of course, in 2014, you still had, or 2013, you still had Tevin Mitchell. You still had Chris Smith. You still had all those guys. I guess you have Chris Smith. I always make, make sure to get my years right. But the defense was good. The offense would have been young but effective. And if you look at that season, you went 3-9. and nine. So I think it's safe to say that, yes, Arkansas would have done better. First off, they would have won the first three games just like Arkansas did normally. They would have beaten Rutgers on the road, started 4-0. They get A&M at home, and Johnny Manziel coming back into town, big-time game. Arkansas lost by 12 in that game. I'm not saying they win, but I would have liked to see what happened. We'll go ahead and say it's a loss. Let's just go ahead and assume that's a loss. They go on the road to Florida. And they lose 30-10. to 10. I think they would have lost that game anyway. That was Will Muschamp's best team that year. So now they're sitting at 4-2. and two. South Carolina at home, I think they lose that one too because they got rocked in that one 52-7. So a loss there. And then another loss to Alabama, uh, which was not a pretty game by any stretch. So you kind of slipped a little bit, but you're sitting at 4-4, four and four, right? In the final quarter of the season, Auburn comes to town. I say you win that game. Petrino always had good success against Auburn. You win that game. I think you go on the road to Ole Miss and win that game. You only lost by 10. You win that game. You beat Mississippi State at home because you went to overtime and lost by a touchdown in that game, so you win that one. And I think you beat LSU on the road in that game too. So you go 8-4. and 8-4. and four. It's, a, it's a lot better than what – people would have expected because you did go 10 and 10 wins the previous year but then you go eight and four and with all this young talent and all these guys that are coming up big and we're playing really well you got a young team and a promising team so let's see where it takes you from there so a really great year and now let's move on to 2014 because now it's going to start getting a little tougher because you're starting to lose more players, and not a lot of them were Petrino's players, so you don't really know what all happens. But we'll go ahead and try to do our best to assume what happens in this year. First game of the season in 2014, you lost to Auburn. I think you win that game. Auburn was okay. They weren't that great, though. I say you win that game. Because you have, still have Brandon Allen. You still got Mikhail McKay. You got Markwell Wade, who's a senior. You still got Chris Smith, Trey Flowers, Darius Phylon, you got all those guys. Not Chris Smith. I keep, I keep going the year. You have Darius Phylon, you got Trey Flowers, big-time defensive lineman. I, I say you win that game against Auburn. And again, Bobby Petrino always had success against Auburn. You beat Nichols, you beat Texas Tech on the road, you beat Northern Illinois, you beat Texas A&M and Arlington. You lost by that game by a touchdown in overtime. You win that game. You beat Alabama. Yes, that was the year that you lost 14-13. to You beat Alabama. You are undefeated right now with Georgia coming to town in Little Rock. You win that game too. I'm just saying. 
I think the Arkansas wins that game against Georgia. The reason they lost that game against Georgia that year is because they had an absolute disastrous second quarter that led to like 28 points that Georgia scored. So better coach teams don't lose that one. You beat Georgia, you beat UAB, you beat Mississippi State, even though they were Dak Prescott, number one team in the country. You still win that game. You beat LSU, you beat Ole Miss, you beat Missouri. Wait a minute, wait, 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 hold on. John, did you just say that this team goes undefeated in 2014 if Bobby Petrino's head coach, if they had Brandon Allen and Jonathan Williams, Corliss Marshall, Markwell Wade, Mikhail McKay, Hunter Henry, you're saying they go undefeated? Folks, I'd like to think they would. I really do. They went 6-6. Six and six. And the reason they went 6-6 six and six is because they didn't have a good offense. They couldn't score points. But that was never going to be a concern with Bobby Petrino at the helm. Could they have gone undefeated? Or would they, would they have gone undefeated? No, I don't think that. But were they in a position to be better than all those teams that they played in 2014? Absolutely. If Bobby Petrino was head coach, because this is the what-if games that we're playing, what if Bobby Petrino was head coach in 2014? They would have had the best season that the Arkansas Razorback football program would have had since joining the SEC. They would have won the West and they would have won the SEC. Am I out of bounds in saying that? Am I a little too confident in saying that? Maybe. But folks, be hard-pressed to prove me wrong. And man, oh man, is it not fun to think about. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, folks, uh, you know, I wanted to always close the uh, opening podcast of the week talking about the last dance in the Chicago Bulls special, which has best been phenomenal. Again, I cannot say enough about this special. It's been absolutely everything that I was hoping for, and it just keeps getting better and better. And episodes five and six were amazing, talking about Michael Jordan's gambling problem and uh, or at least the uh, portrayed gambling problem, even though he says he didn't have a gambling problem, he had a competition problem. He just was addicted to competing, which I honestly believe. But we got to see that. We got to see uh, when he was on the U.S. team and how that all went down. Uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun to watch how it all played out. And I keep, I keep telling people how it's such a different element and a different animal to be looking at it through the lens of what it was as a kid, because that's how I saw it as a kid. I was just... I was watching Michael Jordan and the greatness that went along with it from a perspective of he could do no wrong. There was no issues. He just wanted to retire at the end of his career, and that's really what it all came down to. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was better than that. It was even better than that. So I can't imagine you know what it was like going through that whole season, that whole dynasty, and it coming to an end in the dumbest way, in the most un, unworthy way. A way that should have never happened. Like, it was so frustrating to watch. I understand that people all have emotions run high and egos get the best of us sometimes. But continue to watch it, folks. I can't wait. I can't wait to see episodes 7 and 8. 
uh, on Sunday, and it's going to be even better. I know it will be. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.